we believe life is precious. This is it. We've got one shot at this. It's on us to live life to the fullest, to maximize what we've been given and play the game of life at our full potential. Are you living up to your potential? Are you frustrated that despite your best intentions, you just can't seem to make the changes needed to take things to the next level so you can impact your career, relationships, and health? If this is hitting home, you're in the right place. Our mission is to open the door to the exceptional life by showing you how to play the game of life at a higher level. So you're playing at your full potential rather than at a fraction as most people do. We'll share the one thing that once we learned it, our lives were transformed. And once you learn it, watch what happens. Welcome to Think It, Be It, the podcast. I'm Kelly Hatfield. Hey, and I'm John Mitchell. So today the topic is marriage. Kelly, what do you think about marriage? You like <laughs> well, marriage? I'm, I, <laughs> well, I'm coming up on my 28th year anniversary being married, so I have good thoughts about marriage. 20, 20 years? 28 years. 28. Yeah, wow. we've been together for 30, and um, but we've been married for 28 of those. So Wow. Wow. Well, uh, my hat is off to you. <laughs> I'm just a mere rookie at 12. So... <laughs> but you had a lot of practice leading up to the actual marriage. Damn which, right I did. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I had a lot of tryouts, you know, which always amazed me. You know, I had such a, I thought such a package, you know, I'd take them on trips and I would, you know, lavish them with gifts. Yet it's, it was so hard to get anybody to marry me, you know, just. <laughs> I mean, I would bribe them in so many ways, but they're all rejecting marriage. But uh, <laughs> no takers. <laughs> no, are you, are you kidding? Get married to you? Are you? Jeez. Oh well, my God. the reason um, I thought this would be a good topic is, as our audience may or may not know, uh, I do. I'm I'm the mental coach for the 17 head coaches at the University of Texas, and and I do a, a weekly personal growth program for them. And I find sort of uh, the best of the best content for coaches. And, and oftentimes it's big name coaches, but sometimes it's uh, something pertaining to their personal life. And, and so one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is a great sports uh, psychologist uh, by the name of Michael Gervais, that you and I had the pleasure of, you know, uh, meeting there in Seattle and going to the Seattle Seahawks uh, facility. And it was a cool experience for, for both of us. You remember that? Oh yeah, absolutely. That was a great day. And, uh, and so in Seattle, he, he, there's this, this couple, John and Julie, uh, Gottman who are really the preeminent, preeminent, uh, authorities on, on marriage in the United States. They, they call them the, the Einsteins of love. And um, so I'm giving it to the uh, coaches here in, in a week or so, but I just listened to it and uh, I thought we'd talk about it because it's so interesting. And um, some of the things that they talked about uh, is um, uh, you have to make uh, or treat your partner's goals 
as high as your own goals. That's an interesting idea, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, uh, I think to make marriage work, you're supporting one another, right? you know, and supporting one another and whatever that may be goals, you know, absolutely. Or in, you know, anything that they're looking toward achieving or, or doing in life. So I absolutely am on the same page with that. And I'm, I'm lucky, you know, we talk about support. Like when I left a six figure job, you know, 14 years ago to start my first business, Jared was my biggest, you know, um, cheerleader, you know, champion, you know, and the person who too, when I was uncertain, helped remind me, you know, that I could do it. And um, so anyway, I think that's such a critical and foundational part of marriage is supporting each other and with your goals. And how do you, how do you do that with Jared? You know, as far as with uh, Jared is concerned, first of all, I think it goes back to what we talk about all the time, John, which is clarity. You have Mm -hmm. to be clear what each other's goals are and share that with each other and, um, you know, and have conversations around it and progress and ask, like I say, how do you want me to support you on this? Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's just so that um, because sometimes it's like, hey, all I want you to do is listen or. Um, I don't need your input on how to get from point A to point B. I just want to download kind of what I'm going through in my experience. Yeah. Or whatever. So it's really just the lines of communication opening and asking, how should I support you through this? And right. that starts the dialogue and the conversation. You know, it's interesting how a marriage there, you create a culture in your marriage, just like you have a culture, um, in your company or in your team, if you're a sports team, isn't that interesting that you have a culture in your marriage? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to how to support one another, getting clear about how to support one another is so important because I'll use the reverse where sharing with Jared, for example, maybe some of the challenges I'm having related to a goal or to one of the businesses or whatever. And right away he goes into just solving it, you know, and, you That's know, a so, man. Yep. So being able to communicate and say, I don't need you to solve this. Like I, I already know the mm-hmm. direction I'm going and I just need for you to hear what it is that I'm saying and just to listen, you know, so that, and that's the way you can support me, you know, so being really, again, having that open dialogue around how, not only how can you support them, but how being very clear about how they can support you. Boy, you know, it's it's clear that you guys have a high level of of both clarity, but also communication uh, to to be uh, that uh, aware of how you're interacting with each other. That's that's pretty cool. You know, a, another thing they talk about is how we all have unconscious tripwires from childhood wounds, uh, where you know, if, if you have a, it's important that, that, you know, your childhood wounds and you know, your partner's uh, childhood wounds, because uh, then as things come up, you can see the, the landmines uh, or why the person may be reacting. Whereas if you didn't know that you wouldn't know why they're, you know, being the way they are. And, and, you know, I look back on on my life and I had a I had a good childhood but I didn't really uh feel heard you know mm-hmm. I mean it wasn't a you know giant trauma uh but uh that's sort of what I 
I came away with. And, and I can see how that will play into issues that might come up with uh, the Ging and me. Uh, what about you? Do you have any childhood wounds that you got to sort of navigate around? Oh, I think, you know, don't we all? You know what I mean? I well, well, yeah, I would you, think so. I don't know how you get to walk away from childhood unscathed. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. Whether it's with your family, whether it's with your some of your experiences in school and, you know, with peers or, you know, that's part of, of uh, what makes you who you are is those experiences that you have. Right. And so as far as just, you know, uh, childhood trauma, I mean, you know, um, absolutely. You know, and so how those things um, manifest themselves, like, uh, you know, for me, again, we've talked about this in prior episodes, like part of my, the fabric of what my upbringing, um, what I developed was this people pleasing. Yeah, um, yeah, you yeah. Know, so coming right. up, so like, I'm just going to make everything okay, because there's so much that everybody is dealing with. So if I just kind of go under the radar and do everything perfect, or um, make this person happy, then everything will be okay. And maybe the boat will stop rocking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so some of that will show up in the relationship, you know, um, when I'm not, you know, I use the methodology, our, our methodology right. to help me overcome a lot of that. Right. But um, it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's hardwired in. So it takes work. And in those moments where maybe I'm overtired, where I've been triggered by right. something, uh, you know, you'll see it show up, you know, and it'll be like, uh, you know, right. Jared will go, I don't know if you recognize this. So I'm just going to call it out and then I'm going to back out of the room slowly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to avoid being hit with anything if I'm backing away. Exactly. You know, one, one thing Ginge told me that that I think was interesting, because I see that, that childhood wound, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to overemphasize it because you know, if, if you have a childhood wound, but you you hang on to it and you almost become a victim to it, that's a problem. So I'm like, uh, yes, it happened. It's not that big a deal. So I don't want to give too much energy to it. I want to acknowledge it, but I also don't want to give too much energy to well, it. Well, we talked about that in a prior episode, too, where it's like, you know, what the, the story about your story, right? So you can either choose to fall into that world. Oh, these terrible things happen to me. So that's why I'm a dick, you know, in my right. marriage right. or whatever, you know, or it'll be like, you know, um, I'm choosing to use this. Like this made me a better person as a result of going through this because I learned how not to be, you know, yeah. or whatever the case may be. So again, it's just framing or how you're narrating your story that makes all of the difference. Right. Well, and they also talk about this concept of, of repair, which comes into play, like when you have a disagreement or there's some little tension. Um, and after a little time passes, either party will try and repair what happened. You know, just maybe it's a text, maybe it's a, you know, a hug, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, and that's a powerful concept. But I see it's so so much of this stuff is around just awareness, awareness of of the basics of of um, having a good relationship. They talk about the uh, uh, four horsemen of a uh, bad relationship, and they are criticism, number one, defensiveness, number two, contempt, number three, 
which is, you know, looking down on your partner from a position of superiority. And number four is stone stonewalling, which may basically means shutting down. And, um, you know, I've always been a believer that, that criticism is the worst, uh, thing you can do. And, and men are particularly, um, susceptible to feeling the pain of that because, you know, most, most women don't, don't realize this and even men don't realize this, but the focus of a man is to please his woman. That's just how it is. And whereas a woman would take criticism as, as help, uh, the man takes it as, um, I'm not good enough or I'm failing in my main goal of pleasing my, my uh, wife. Do you think that's true? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think criticism, you know, just in general depend, I guess it depends on how it's delivered. You know what I mean? How the criticism is delivered. I'm thinking about it from a woman's perspective. So if Jared's critical of me, probably feels the same way as it does when it's, um, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, if somebody's critical of you and your, I don't know if I'm going to look at that as help if it's not delivered in the right yeah. way. You yeah. know what I mean? So I guess the delivery is really, um, you know, what it all comes down to. And here's the thing. Criticism is such a slippery slope because, you know, we've talked about this before. Whatever you look for, you'll find. Mm-hmm. If you're training yourself to look for all of the faults, in your partner, guess what? You're going to find them because yeah. that's how the brain works. You know what I mean? And that's when we're talking about um, marriage and relationships, there's a lot of intention required. You use the word awareness, um, you know, and uh, but there's a lot of intention required. And so, you know, the methodology helps you become more intentional right. about how you're showing up and training yourself to kind of get out of some of maybe those ruts you've been in. Cause I mean, we've been married for 28 years. It's easy to get into, you know, really easy to get into patterns in your marriage and right. ruts and those kinds of things. So I think, you know, just being um, very intentional. And again, back to that criticism piece, <laughs> that's a slippery slope. And that yeah. again, because we're wired for fear and we're wired for negativity you know, you, you will start, your brain will start seeking that out if those are the things you're paying attention to. And then that just compiles and picks up momentum. So that's why built into initially when, um, when you and I first met and there's a section there on relationship and marriage, one of the things was just giving Jared compliments, you know, a minimum of two compliments a day, just doing that one thing. I was never really critical. Um, that's not the way I roll, but by just making it a point, to acknowledge and say, Hey, thanks so much for doing that. That was super helpful. Or you look great today or whatever the case is. It immediately starts to change the way the relationship feels. And and then you're not, if you are prone to criticism, when you're training yourself to compliment that slowly fades out. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Um, yeah, that, that's the power of our 12 minute a day technique is, is, uh, all of this is all your actions virtually are subconscious. And when you train your, your subconscious to do the right things, like two compliments a day to your spouse, uh, game changer, you know, with Ginger and I, um, you know, she is, I'm the big picture guy and she's the detailed person that makes everything 
run and it works great and and it's a, a good fit. And we were talking about this uh, the last week or so. Um, you know, she wants a lot of things done exactly right in our house, like always turn out the lights and turn off the Wi-Fi and uh, always close the back door. You know, there's there's 20 or 30 things. And it hit me uh, about a week ago. I'm like, you know, I th- based on what she says, I think I'm I'm doing it about 80 percent. And I'm like, well, why not just go to 100%? If I'm if I'm at 80, why not just take it to 100% because it would certainly make her happy and and I have the ability to do that. So why do anything 80%? And so I uh, made a list of all the things that are important to her to to run our house like like we want it run and um so we're in this experiment period, but it seems to be working. And, and, you know, and so that's sort of what I'm doing for her. And then, you know, I'm going to enlighten her about the things that would be important to me. Uh, And, and, you know, probably around that being heard and, and that, that type of thing. So, you know, it's, we're in this experiment with our relationship, but, but again, it seems to be going pretty darn well. Well, you know, that's uh, uh, one thing I want to point out is just, again, the intentionality to improve the quality of your relationship. But most people aren't doing that. They're not thinking about, um, you know, maybe they're daydreaming about how to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, that could be. That's not good. <laughs> hey, there's 50 percent that are in that ball, that are in that, fall into that bucket, you know, but I think, um, it, again, it's easy to pick up momentum in that. like, And it's. It's so much um, like it's so satisfying to be working toward that level of relationship that you want with your partner, because, John, you've said this and and I'm not sure um, where this comes from. Um, I know that there's research behind this, but your relationship is one of the number one indicators of your happiness. Right. Because this is the person you spend the most time with. Right. And so um, putting the time in and being intentional about proving, improving that relationship um, is so important. It, it impacts your life. Um, like we all know we've been in a crappy relationship or maybe when things aren't going well in the relationship, how it bleeds in to right. every other area of your life. Right. So. Well, and I tell you, you know, it's, it's amazing when I look back on my life uh, and uh, as I think I told you, when I turned 50, I'd lived in Dallas all my life, except for four years at, in Austin at, at University of Texas. And I, I truly felt I had dated every girl in Dallas. Every, <laughs> I had, every one of them I had dated, and I never even got engaged, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I'm like, you know, one would think maybe, maybe the problem isn't them. I'm like, huh, who's the common denominator? <laughs> right, right. Hmm. hmm. And, uh, but, you know, when I met Ginge, really, I'm like, oh, I see the problem. It was them. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's the story I'm telling myself. But, but you know, she was just so, so much head and shoulders above the rest that I'm like, uh, boy, I'm glad I waited and, and I see that even even in the best of relationships, there's challenging times. We haven't really had many uh, challenging times at all. We 
we haven't really even had a big giant fight in 12 years, mm-hmm. but, um, but I see how valuable uh, and how wonderful a great relationship is. And to wrap this up, so the, the Godmans are talking, they, they have a new book and they, they talk about their program. It's, it's an eight date program where you're going to go out with your spouse on eight different dates and each day you're going to talk about a particular subject again, sort of around this idea of clarity and you'll, you'll maybe do a little homework before each uh, date, but things you'll talk about are like uh, how each partner defines trust. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, How, how do we want to handle conflict? Maybe you're talking about, spirituality. Maybe you're talking about sex. Maybe you're talking about money, but you know, they, they give you you a variety of things to talk about, but uh, uh, I think that's a great idea to, to the more communication you have with your spouse, the better the relationship gets. Do you like that idea? Oh, no, I think it's, I, I, I love the idea. I think it's fantastic. I think, you know, we talked about this related to other topics before, but everything is so fast. Everybody's running as fast as they can. You're in this reactive mode. And so having those set times, you know, um, where you've got these dates scheduled and a topic that right. you're going to be talking right. about, it takes all of the guesswork out of it. It takes, and and again, it gets you really intentional about getting clarity in these different areas of your relationship, because we don't take the time to do that. It's, it's, you know, again, we have these million things coming at us a day and we're not, you know, many people aren't prioritizing their relationship, the romantic partner relationship. And this forces you to do that. Right. Right. You know, I tell you what'd be interesting is if you, if you bought the book and I bought the book and then, you know, in a month or two, we report back, what was the effect? I bet it'd be good on both. Oh of them. yeah, I'm sure it would be. You know, I'm okay. sure we've learned some things. Well, so the name of the well, I don't know the name of the book, but uh, the the uh, authors are uh, John and Julie Gottman, G O T T M A N, and they talk about the eight date program. So that'd be that'd be interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy it uh, uh, after we get off here. But uh, so. Uh, Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening today. If you've had your own aha moment from today's episode, send me or John an email. We'd love to share your epiphany with our audience. So email us at kelly at thinkitbeit.com or john at thinkitbeit.com. In the meantime, live the exceptional life. 